How we doing? Great. Great. I love it. How are you? John the Baptist said, "Great." Come on now. Do we forget? We forget what happened on Sunday. I talked to, to Marlon afterwards, and he's going to uh, get a camel skin uh, robe, and uh, we're going to start feeding them bugs. All right. Locusts. All right. If you have your Bible opened, um, Colossians chapter 1 is where we're going to be. And um, what I want to do is, starting this week, I want to start going through the, uh, the core values that makes up the Red Hill Project. Uh, there's six core values, and uh, each week for the next six weeks, we're going to go through each one of those. Uh, the, the first one that we're gonna, going to go through is uh, saturated by the gospel. So saturated by the gospel. This is, this is paramount, because um, thinking back to what we, uh, we talked about last week, uh, last week I, I just read uh, Acts chapter 2 to you, and we were talking about the movement of the Holy Spirit. And we said if, if we are going to be part of a movement, the, the movement has to be driven by the Holy Spirit, right? It, it's not just something that, that, that we do. It, it, yes, God moves through us, but it's not just a strategy in which we have. It's got to be powered, um, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as I was uh, continuing to, to think about that and meditate upon that, um, I, I think that if we're honest, a lot of us have this uh, desire to be led by the Spirit. Um, don't, don't raise your hands, but just, you know, I, I, I'm sure if I asked that question, so you would say, because it is Wednesday night, you could be doing other things, but you, you're here for a reason. You would probably say, yes, I want to be led by the Spirit. And understanding that um, the, the, the being led by the Spirit is, is paramount in what it is that we have to do, I, I think it, it's, also, um, uh, it's also worth noting to understand that, that being led by the Spirit doesn't just happen. Uh, um, I'm sure that, that some of you have had the encounters with people that um, they were uh, naked in the shower and God spoke to me and said X, Y, Z. Um, okay, does God reveal things to us? Yes, absolutely. But that's not really being led by the Spirit. What we find throughout Scripture is when the Spirit of God speaks, He speaks the Word of God. So what I want us to do is just take a moment and understand what this core value of being saturated by the Gospel really means. Because, and let me ask this question, how could we expect the Holy Spirit to move through us? And when I say us, I'm talking about this, this movement in which we, we've started, the, the Red Hill Project, this church God's people, how can we expect the Holy Spirit to move through us if we're not saturated by the gospel? Because Just think about that for a second. If we are not saturated by the gospel and we expect the Holy Spirit to move and we're just like we have a bunch of good ideas and maybe those good ideas come to fruition, if we're not saturated by the gospel, who has a tendency to get that glory? We do. Right? Being saturated by the gospel uh, prepares our hearts, it prepares our lives so the Holy Spirit can move in and move through and get all the glory. That, that, that's important because if, it, if we don't gather that, if we don't hold on to that, we'll have a tendency to just say, Attaboy, I'm going to uh, 
you know, I've done a good job. Jake, you did a good job. You know, Jeremiah, the bank, you guys did a good job. Well, we don't want that. What we want is a movement of God. So, saturated by the gospel. Uh, before we get any further, I, I want to make sure that I explain this. You guys have heard this many of times, but what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of God's redemption for sinful humanity. All right? Cut and dry. So when we're talking about the gospel, we need to know exactly what, what it is that we're talking about. It's the good news of God's redemption for sinful humanity. You've also heard me say it's a good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. And that same thing, I look at that, I kind of differentiate uh, between the redemptive plan and the redemption, like kind of looking at it Old Testament, New Testament. Like in the Old Testament, it was a plan of redemption. In the New Testament, we experience that redemption. Either way, it's the good news of God's redemption for sinful humanity. So, with that, what usually happens? What usually happens when people hear this, this thought or this word of the gospel? Well, I wrote a few things down here, and I think what really happens is that people assume that the gospel is something for non-Christians. So when you hear the gospel, okay, well, all right, this is something for non-Christians. Believers, we kind of like turn our, 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 our hearing aids off, or we turn our attention towards something else. But people assume that the gospel is something for non-Christians that they must believe in order to be saved. Is that true? Absolutely, it, it is, but what we have to understand is once we, um, uh, if we just get to that point where it's just something for non-believers, we miss the, the, the totality, the, the fullness of the gospel. So if we are in this mindset, it's like, um, it's for non-believers, and when they, uh, they hear the gospel, it's for them to believe, and, but for us who already believe, um, we're, we're on to bigger and, and better, and oh, let's just use the, the, the spiritual word, deeper theological things, right? So we have the, the, the mindset, or we've, we've heard that, that it's, well, that, the gospel is just to get them in, you know, get them into the family, and then we'll move on to something else. Well, that's not true. It's not true at all, and we're going to see here in Colossians chapter 1 why, but I believe it's once, um, once God rescues the sinner, his job or his, his plan isn't to steer the, the believer away from the gospel, it's to take the believer deeper in to the gospel. Uh, understand that, because you, you, you hear me all the time saying this, and I don't think I can stress it enough that without the gospel, we don't have anything. We have to be saturated with the gospel. Um, look at Colossians chapter 1. Verse 3, we'll start there. We'll get, you know, this is part of my rap song that we're, we're still working on, right? Um, so verse 3, Paul's right here, says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. That's that, you know, faith in the gospel, love for all the saints. All right. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So he's saying that we're praying for you. We know that you have this faith. We know that you have this love. And it's all because of the hope that's laid up for you in heaven. Don't miss that. It's not because they had a, 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 a good piece of pizza and they got a nice warm belly and they had this nice movement or this nice feeling about them and they're like, okay, now that everything's good. No, they have a hope that's laid up for them in heaven. 
Here it goes on to say, and this is, this is where I really want to focus this next sentence. It says, of this, he's talking about that hope, okay? Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, comma, see that comma? The gospel, so right there it's explaining what the gospel is, the word of the truth, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Before I go on and before we, we kind of pull this apart for the next couple minutes, I, I think that this statement is, is worth chewing on. Um, a heart that truly understands the gospel, that truly understands the gospel, overflows with gratefulness to God. Because I, and notice what that says, a heart that truly understands the gospel, because I think that there are a lot of people, and I'm not saying that you are these people, I'm sure that there's people that you come in contact with that don't fully understand, they don't truly understand what the gospel is. They'll say, yeah, Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. Got it, okay. And they kind of give that nonchalant shrug of the shoulders, I, yeah, I got that. But they don't truly understand what took place on that cross. They don't truly understand the magnitude, the weight of, of their sins on our Savior hanging on the tree. There, there, there's there's a, 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 new, uh, a, a newness, I should say, that, that comes when we truly understand that it's my sin that put those nails in His hands. It's my sin that put that crown on His head. And I'm not saying that you take or I take the, 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 the martyr role, but I think that we need to understand that when we commit those sins in our lives that sometimes we get comfortable with, well, we have to understand that those are the sins that put Jesus on the cross. And Paul tells us that in Galatians, you know, that because all of our sins have been nailed to the cross. So, so it's not trying to differentiate between, okay, this sin and that sin. I'm not saying that one sin's worse than the other. What we have to do is we have to say, all of my sin, everything, that's what put Jesus on the cross. I think that once we get to that point, we have a better understanding of what the gospel is. Because when we understand that, 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 that penalty of sin has been paid for, that freeness or that, and that fullness of life uh, is, is born from that. Here in, uh, in, in Colossians 1, Paul, he, he, as he's writing this, I, I, I love how he says that, uh, he, as he's explaining this gospel, he says, which has come to you. So does the, does the gospel just happen? Anybody? No, okay? It doesn't just happen, right? Somebody has to bring it. Correct? Here he's saying the gospel has come to you. You guys didn't just figure this all out on your own. The gospel has been brought to you. It's come to you. He goes on to say, as indeed in the whole world, it is what? Bearing fruit and increasing. I, I love this because remember, if we think about what the, the, uh, the definition of the gospel is, God's, uh, or, yeah, God, the good news of God's redemption for sinful humanity, we know that it passes from just being a thing that is inanimate to something that is alive and active and real. Because here it says it's bearing fruit and increasing. Can something that is dead increase? Can something that is dead bear fruit? No, the gospel, the good news that God gave us, 
is alive. Too many times we act like it's dead, though. We say, yeah, I know, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. But we have to understand it's alive. It's still bearing fruit. And he says here, it's not only bearing fruit, but it's increasing, as it also does among you. So he's talking to this church, and he's saying, it is visible, there is visible evidence to see that the gospel is growing in you. If, remember what I said, if the gospel is only for non-believers, and once you believe in the gospel, if you move past that, why would Paul, if that was true, why would Paul say that it is growing and it is bearing fruit, it's increasing? What we have to do is we have to be able to press into the gospel and understand that it's the gospel that's the foundation for everything else in our life. The gospel forms the foundation. And I believe that that's what Paul is making very, very, very clear here because he goes on then to say, since the day you've heard it, so it's um, as it does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. An encouraging word for every single person that sits here tonight. When we understand and we, we um, grab hold of the gospel and we want to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into it, what it is that is seen in the gospel and what is, how about this, what is communicated and displayed in the gospel is the grace of God. Think about that for a second. We talk about God shed His grace on thee. Talking about the country and everything. We talk about grace all the time. If we want a, a, a physical representation, a visible display of God's grace, all we got to do is look at the Gospel. It's through the Gospel that we understand that, that sin has been paid for. It's through the Gospel that, that we understand that, that we have new life. It's through the Gospel we understand that reconciliation takes place. It's through the gospel what we need to understand that is what is the cure for all sin in the world. I, I understand that, that some people think that, that it's, it's love that heals and it's uh, um, you know, just being a good person that, that heals relationships. It, it's not. The only thing that can heal is the gospel. Because it's, the gospel is the only thing that drives out the darkness. If the, if the darkness is not driven out, the light does not come in. So we understand that, when it, as, uh, as John tells us, that, that, that uh, you know, when Jesus came in, he, the, the light of the world has come to drive out the darkness. This darkness, that, that, that's that, that sin and, and that, that, that hurt and that pain and that, 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 um, those, those circumstances, as some of us like, try to say that, or, or our situations. What we need is we need the healing touch of the gospel in every aspect of our life. So if we're going to start with this, this movement, if we're going to say, okay, one of the most important things, uh, or what are the most important things and what it is we do, we have to start with the gospel. We've got to be, be saturated by it. So when we look into it and we, when we see here and we understand that that's how God shows His grace. Think about this for a second. If, um, 
if you have a situation, say you have a, a I don't know, maybe it's a, a relational problem. Let's use that one because everybody uh, has a relational problem sooner or later. Maybe it's not husband and wife, but maybe it's a family thing or whatever. And you try your darndest just to fix whatever that is. You've went to X amount of counseling or you went to X, you've watched X amount of videos or you read X amount of books or whatever. I've tried everything. Well, have you tried just living the gospel or preaching the gospel to yourself? Because here's the deal. Um, the Bible tells us that, that, that while we were still sinners, like while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. So while there was this big riff in between us, God and, and us, Christ died for us. Which is, that's the good news, the gospel. Well, if the gospel can, can solve or, or can um, uh, heal a, a big chasm in between an infinite God and a sinful people, the gospel can heal any division or divide or chasm in a relationship. This is not the preacher talking just like, you know, we're painting a broad brush stroke and I just believe in the gospel and everything's going to be okay. No, it's going to take some work. Because you're going to have to preach the gospel to yourself every single day. You're going to have to live the gospel out every single day. And it's not easy. Because if you remember what happened to Jesus, He was hanging on the cross and there were people that were walking by Him spitting on Him. Wagging their heads, it says. If you're really the Son of God, won't you come down off of there if you're really God? There's going to be ridicule. But I, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about I'm sure that you're right there with me saying, man, I'm glad that he didn't. I'm, I'm glad that he stayed there because I can't pay that penalty. I can't, I can't take that place, even though I should. Now, 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 why do I say that? Because that power that God displayed, the grace that God displayed in the cross of Christ, in the death of Christ, in the burial and the resurrection, that grace that is displayed is that that's the power, that that's the grace that is seen when we live out the gospel. When the gospel penetrates into every aspect of our life, from the way in which we raise our kids, to the way in which we do our jobs, or love our husbands, or our wives, or whatever it may be, Honor our parents? I, I don't know. But every aspect, every crook and corner and, and crack or whatever needs to be, has to be penetrated by the gospel. How do you penetrate something that deeply? Just be saturated by it. Let me, let me end with this. The gospel forms a foundation for God's solution to any problem in our life. Notice I said for God's solution. We come up with a lot of cool ideas. I know I do. My wife tells me not so much, Leo. It's fine. But what we need to understand is the foundation that is laid for God's solution is the gospel. It, it, it was all the way back in the beginning, and it, it is all the way through the end. God fulfilling His promise. God executing His plan. God reconciling His people. So as we go through the next few weeks and we learn more and more about the core values of what it is that we're, we're doing in this movement called the Red Hill Project, don't forget that when, as we go forth that everything that we do, 
From the way in which we do the, the music to the way in which we open the doors. I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, you can open the door and slam it into somebody's face, and that's not very gospel-esque, right? Everything we do has to be saturated. I love the word that, that Paul uses, lavished. The gospel just needs to be dripping off of us. But for the gospel to drip off of us, we have to, uh, first, the gospel has to be inside of us. So just keep that in mind. Let's everybody stand and we're going to finish in, uh, I should say finish, we're going to continue in, in some, some worship. Um, we have the elements up here. If you want to partake of, of communion, feel free. We're going to do like we did last week. Uh, we're going to play, uh, like what, three songs here? Uh, uh, three songs. Jake's going to come up, say a, a word, and play some more. Um, but uh, during that time, if you want to be prayed for, prayed with, or whatever, just uh, man, grab somebody, do, do whatever you got to do. Um, so, our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, we love you. Lord, we ask you bless the elements as we, uh, we partake of those um, and, and remember your, your shed blood and your broken body. Uh, God, we do want to be saturated uh, with the gospel, by the gospel, for the gospel. Uh, God, we want to do what it is you want us to do. Um, and Lord, we ask that you just be with us as we continue in praise and worship. And we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue.